Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Good response from different people sharing and really getting blessed. So I'm really happy to be back here with you, man. I'm so excited to have you. As you just said, I had so many testimonies come back from people that watched the first live stream that said so many questions. I had so many things I was curious about. I'm now able to step into. And so I want to say, man, thank you so much. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love what God is doing with you. I I think I sent you you in my little video. I sent you about your book. I had said that there's so few voices right now in America. You know, Vlad, one of my prayers this last week is God, who is going to replace all of those that have passed away? The Derek Prince's, the Frank Hammonds, uh-huh. the Don Dickermans that uh-huh. are at the end of their life that were voices of yeah. revival, deliverance, and spiritual warfare. And I really believe right now we're in a time where it's very rare to find preachers that are preaching on deliverance, very rare to find preachers yeah. that are preaching on spiritual warfare. And so I want to say, man, I thank God that you've taken up the call. You've taken up the mantle. As you know, and I know, it's not easy when you start preaching on deliverance. It's not easy when you start yeah. preaching on spiritual warfare. It's very misunderstood in the American church. It's not popular when it comes to religion now obviously there's you know 700 people watching that are loving it but it's not popular in the nominal religious church but i really believe and Uh i just want to prophesy even as we start over the chat that god is raising up deliverers right now some of you say well i haven't graduated bible college i haven't went through four year this or four year that but i'm telling you that according to the word of god you've been anointed by the holy spirit to cast out demons to preach the gospel and to tear satan's kingdom down so tonight is going to be a terrible night for the devil tonight's going to be a terrible night for the enemy i believe tonight we're going to give the enemy a black eye we're going to raise some people up we're going to see deliverance i would love for you to share just a bit about your fight back book because i think as believers so many of us as you say live their their lives from deliverance to deliverance to deliverance Mm -hmm. but never walk Mm -hmm. in that dominion that god has called us to walk into so if you just want to kind of share some of that i'd love to hear about it yeah 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 thank you thank you so much for a shout out for the book and um it's also crazy how this book uh, came about but if you did not read my uh, break free book that's the book to start with the reason why is because it deals with the reality of the spiritual world and mm-hmm. a lot of the things Isaiah that you talk about almost every week highlighting and you keep coming back to the topic of, of freedom and, and deliverance and because there's it's such a rare rare topic a fight back pretty much just continues or builds on that where uh, the deliverance is not God's final goal. God never mm-hmm. created us with a need for deliverance. He created us with an opportunity and with potential to walk in dominion. The Bible says through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace, we will not just get free, not just survive, not just get removed from the grip of the devil, but we will reign in life. And Jesus, you know, when we lost our dominion in Adam through sin, because we did not walk in obedience to the Lord, we lost it. We were in need of deliverance. And Jesus He brought deliverance to us. He brought the freedom to us. And you would think that God would no longer entrust us with dominion. You would think that God would, uh, quote, unquote, learn a lesson. You know, don't trust something so precious to these humans who are not trustworthy. And so I think in deliverance, Isaiah, we have to trust in God. But in dominion, God trusts in us. Mm. He's entrusting us with something. Unfortunately, a lot of people, they are not exercising those things and what what typically happens i've seen in deliverance a lot of people they get delivered and and they come back and they're like man i, I feel like something is still there i feel like that there's i just need one more prayer and, and i'm not against that i believe that you know some people are not completely delivered and they need to be completely delivered 
But I also believe that sometimes there are enemies that got left in the promised land to teach Israel warfare. And so I really believe that sometimes God will allow certain things to remain that to so that we can exercise and so we can grow and so that we can begin to exercise our authority, begin to exercise the weapons of our warfare. And so instead of just asking God to remove it, you have to embrace the authority to resist it because mm-hmm. some things God will remove from our life and some things he will empower us to overcome. And so and I mentioned different stories from the people in our ministry, people that were our students who honestly, they experienced deliverance and afterwards they had to learn to walk in that authority and they found complete deliverance, complete freedom. And the best part is the tools that they learn now they apply in other areas of their life. So good. And I love what you said, because I think when people are talking about spiritual warfare, they don't realize that our weapons are spiritual weapons. We don't, you know, it's not the yelling that gets a demon to come out. You can't shout an addiction out, but it's in the spirit, our words, our weapons. The Bible says we've been given supernatural weapons to pull down and bring down strongholds. And I'm telling you tonight, some of you, God is going to raise up and God is going to equip to realize that the, the mandate for deliverance, I think is so misunderstood is for every single believer. One of the questions we had tonight was, is are women called to do deliverance? And my question is if a woman could be a deliver could be a believer then she's called to do deliverance and we desperately need everybody to rise up in the body of christ right now and realize we've been called to fight back you you don't have to live and i know this might be prophetic for some of you but you don't have to live your life constantly subject to demonic powers i'm so heartbroken vlad on people literally live for year after year after year in the church but bound by demons i was praying for people this last weekend that say isaiah i've been in church for 30 40 50 years bound by demonic powers and i'm going who's willing to threaten who's willing to call out who's willing to raise up a standard who's willing to call those things that are demonic demonic i don't know why we've made the devil so comfortable in the american church the devil runs around unchallenged unthreatened laughing at the church and i'm telling you now is the time for the trumpet to sound and i believe the church to wake up i think your book fight back is so prophetic for this generation because it is time for us to fight back i don't want to live my life end up in eternity and realize I was a punching bag for the kingdom of darkness this entire time. But I really believe it's time for us to take those spiritual weapons, take spiritual warfare, begin to fight back, begin to learn how to make war in the spirit. Our battle is a daily battle. We are constantly at war. The Bible says the adversary is roaming around at war against the church. You know, we know we're not fighting the devil explicitly himself, but Paul says we're fighting spiritual powers. We're fighting persons with no bodies, not flesh and blood, but spiritual powers. And so we have to get trained up there's not some people say well you shouldn't talk about it that much there's nowhere in scripture where it says don't talk about it too much there's nowhere in scripture where it says don't talk about spiritual warfare too much because god wants us to be trained up and to be equipped for what he's doing in this hour if there's anything else that you wanted to share go, feel free if not we can jump right into some of these questions really we're doing a conferences we call them race to deliver mm. and it's based on the uh, based on the judges where the Bible says that God would come and after a nation would be enslaved to, to, to the different enemies because of their sin, God would take a particular person and he would, the Bible says he would raise them up. Mm. And then there's this phrase that was repeated there in Judges is that he would raise them to deliver. And so they would be pulled out from the place that everybody else is in, the place that they used to be in, like Moses. He was pulled out from Egypt so that he can go and deliver people from from Egypt. And then we see Gideon. He was raised up. He was hiding somewhere in the, you know, hiding from the Midianites. And God raised him up. 
And when he raised them up so that they can go and deliver. And I really felt like we even named our conference, Raised to Deliver. That God doesn't just want us to come and be delivered. God raises us God raises us up in Christ. He seats us in the heavenly place because there is a world out there who Come is on. blinded. Because this, the prince of this air has blinded their eyes to the obedience to Christ. Behind all of that witchcraft, behind all of that rebellion, behind all of that abuse, there are spiritual entities that are controlling and playing people like puppets. And so, and if you and I will be raised up by God, but we will do absolutely nothing to help those people. If we don't answer the call, God cannot answer their cry. If we do not answer the call of God to go into our world and bring the deliverance power of Jesus Christ back to our generation, God cannot answer the cry of those people that are crying out to him, that are bound. They know most of them believe in demons before they'll ever believe in God wow. because they know the torment. They know the suffering. They experience that every single day. You don't have to tell them about it. And so I really believe that we, we need to step up and to step up. We have to first be free. And secondly, we have to be equipped. We have to be trained. And I think your podcast and I think that, you know, uh, sources uh, right now that are happening, God is beginning to bring that back. The mm. deliverance is slow. I really feel like it's coming back to the church and and most important, not just deliverance, but also uh, walking in our dominion and walking in our authority as believers that even, you know, I preached Isaiah this Sunday, a message about 70, you know, Jesus released the 70 disciples Come on. and their names are not mentioned. In fact, Jesus referred to them as lambs, not as sheep. He referred to them as babes when they came back. And he, if, you, if we read the careful uh, in Luke chapter 10, we don't see Jesus giving them authority over demons. We see Jesus telling them to preach. We see Jesus telling them to heal, but not cast out demons, unlike the 12. And the Bible says they went into the field and something happened. Demons were subject to us in, in your name. And Jesus says, we, you know, don't rejoice in that, but rejoice in the fact your name is written in the book of life. And I really feel like the young believers, the lambs, the babes, the, the wow. nameless believers, the ones that are maybe not part of the 12, not part of the pastoral team, not part of the leadership team. If you were given the assignment to preach the gospel, which you were, if you were given the assignment to lay hands on the sick, which you were, if you were given the assignment to love other people, which you were, the authority is already connected to your assignment. All you got to do is begin to step up on snakes, step up on scorpions, not to be afraid, begin to take risks, confront the enemy, confront the demonic, and you will see that the devil is a coward. He will put his tail between his legs and he will flee and he will run. So good. I love it. I love it. I love it. You're getting me all fired up. I'm, I'm over here sweating. I love it. You said a lot of people think that they're delivered from something, but don't realize they're delivered for something. And so I think a yeah. lot of times we live our lives, you know, 20 years go by and we keep sharing the testimony of what God brought us out of. But the question I have for mm -hmm. some of you tonight is what have you brought other people out of? God has not just raised you up just to sit silent on Sunday morning in a church Come somewhere. On. God raised you up to bring people out of bondage. God called you. God anointed yeah. you. I think about when God raised me up God enlisted me into an army I signed up mm -hmm. to be a part of the army of God you've signed yeah. up to be on the front That's lines right. not the sidelines guys of course it's not gonna be easy of That's course right. it's not gonna be there's not gonna be a burden to it but I'm telling you there's so so much better living on the front lines than living on the yeah. sidelines I think what, what you just said one of the things God is doing in our generation right now prophetically is God is calling people off of the spectating God is calling people out of the stands okay. God is saying it's time to get on the field it's time to get in the game yes. how much longer and guys this is what we have to think about 
about. How much longer are we going to sit back until we start doing what God has called us to do? How much longer are we going to sit back? How many more teachings? How many more preachings? How many more podcasts until you're going to start bringing the delivering power of the Holy Spirit? One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about deliverance is because I was a candidate of deliverance. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about radical preaching is because I was a candidate of radical preaching. One of the reasons why you say, why do you believe so much in this? Because I've watched it work over and over and over. I've watched pastors and leaders that were bound for years get set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've watched young kids that get set free. I've watched marriages get restored by deliverance. I've watched people that should have been dead get spirits of cancer, spirits of anxiety, spirits of suicide cast out of them. Guys, there's no more serious topic than the topic of deliverance and salvation. As I I shared about a couple weeks ago, Pastor Vlad, that salvation literally means deliverance like how are we preaching salvation outside of people getting set free if people are not getting set free in our churches then we're not preaching the gospel of salvation we are preaching a man-made gospel and paul was afraid that we'd preach a different gospel and follow a different spirit but i prophesy and i speak over you and i just feel the fire come on share this i feel the fire tonight i believe tonight god is going to release weapons of warfare i believe tonight god is going to take us to new level of spiritual authority God is going to release a new passion, a new boldness, yes. a new desire, a new compassion for those that are hurting and broken. And I think what we have to say is we're going to get into the questions here in a second, but I think we get to a point where we just have to do it. Someone called in last night and said, you know, how much more training should I get before I start? And I told her, just do it. Today is the day. Now is the day of salvation. Don't wait around. Call your family over that needs deliverance. Call your friend over from the church that needs prayer. You don't have to wait on a pastor. You don't have to wait on a leader. Me and pa- Listen, me and Pastor Vlad our our dream and our desire is that you wouldn't call us and wait for us at an altar call but you'd have people in your home and do deliverance on them we want you to be empowered we want you to bring healing we want you to bring deliverance and so i believe as we go through these questions god is going to train you God is going to equip you. I want to go into our first question that we left off with last week. And this is, Pastor Vlad, you're going to know this is the number one question we've gotten. And we get, and these are probably order of importance because this question is so heavily asked. I don't think there's one stream we've done. I don't think there's one call and I haven't had where somebody didn't ask us. And that is this, how can I know if I have a demon? Uh-huh. Well, I think that Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I can hear you. So I, I, I think you pulled up from the other source. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Well, I th- there's three, three main ways. One of them is the spirit of discernment, where somebody can pray for you and they can know. Uh, the other way is when the ministry is being offered for you and you manifest. Mm. And the third one is the most common one, is when you see the activity or the fingerprints of demonic oppression mm. in your life. For example, you see, uh, the Bible says the man who was demonized, you know, there was there was fruits of that. There was results of that. There was a behavior that he had. There was he was living in the tombs and everything. And the people who are who have demons in their life, they usually what I like to ask him many times is that are there areas of your life that are completely out of control? Mm. Not is your whole life out of control, but are there areas in your life that are out of control? And the moment somebody says, well, uh, yeah, I feel like my anger is out of control. I feel like this is out of control. Uh, If you have an area of your life that's out of control, that means somebody is controlling it. Wow. Somebody is controlling it. And that somebody is, well, it's a demon. And so um, so that is really how typically uh, we we would know. And another way to to see if a person has constant... uh, 
demonic attacks in their sleep is usually a huge uh, also indicator that there's a demonic presence that is attacking your life and stuff. But mainly, mainly it's those uh, four areas. It's the one through spirit of discernment, uh, through when the prayer is being offered. And sometimes the people actually during an anointed atmosphere, That's when the good. fire of God is falling, a person begins to feel extremely uncomfortable. They begin to actually even want to run from the service. And that is really a sign of a, of a demonic activity or even in the anointed service, they start yawning and they start falling asleep like crazy. They literally, they could watch TV nonstop, but in the service, they're constantly falling asleep. And that's usually a sign as well of a demonic activity. But the other one is you just look in your life and you, you look at the fruits. If there are certain addictions, certain things, you know, like uh, Isaiah, since last time that we talked, you know, I've been drinking coffee and I'm a, I'm a coffee drinker and everything. And uh, a man of God came to our church and uh, upon leaving our church, uh, in the parking lot of the hotel, we had a you know good good conversation. I asked him if I if I could take him to a coffee shop, and he's like, "No, I don't drink coffee." And I was like, "You know why?" <laughs> I was like, "Man, come on, <laughs> you're in America, you live in New York. Why would, would you not drink coffee?" And he's like, uh, "He's like, I cast out demons of caffeine." Wow. And I'm like, ah, come on, man. I was like, man, I, I heard a lot of different demons. Okay, but that, that that just that's a little bit too far. Okay, I mean, I'm used to craziness. Okay, but this is a little bit too far. And I was like seriously and you know i just had a cup of coffee so i'm like you know i'm not feeling super comfortable about this and he told me something he said if you are addicted to anything mm. you got company wow and um and you, you know i would usually have three four cups of coffee a day and uh i'm not gonna lie to you that was the last cup of coffee i had in the last 22 days Wait, 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 so say I, that again. It was the last cup of coffee because I know, I know how you guys roll. That was the last cup of coffee you've had in how many days? 22 days. Wow, wow. Yeah, I actually, right after that, I started to examine my heart. And I said, Lord, is because I've said these things. I can't live without coffee. And, and I started to think, I'm like, wait, wow. if I stop it, I get a tax. That's not normal. You know, yes, I know it's caffeine and everything, but... You know, and so what happened is I even take uh, that Sunday, you know, I start taking coffee and I start having three migraine headaches. And then Monday through Wednesday, I started to, to fast because I started to examine my heart in which areas I have allowed bondage and I have domesticated those demons and allowed them to have a control over my life. And I'm a pastor. I do deliverance on other people. So for those of you who are like, oh, my gosh, so Pastor Vlad, were you being delivered? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I couldn't sleep at night. I had wow. literally I had withdrawals. They were so strong, Isaiah, that I didn't sleep. And I felt like needles were pinching in my back. And in my, and I really felt like, you know, there was a certain cleansing that was taking place, you know, in my life. And, you know, decided to race to deliver. I'm going to go complete cold turkey. And after that, there are certain things that, you know, I have to be mindful because that is really the presence of all the demons. I'm not saying that a demon will live inside of a person, but you got company if you're addicted. If there's areas out of control in your life, whether it's nicotine, Come on. whether it's even caffeine, whether it's cigarettes, whether it's alcohol, whether it's t television, whether it's the cell phone, whether it's overeating, whether it's exaggeration, whether it's coming late all the time, whether it's fear of the dark, whether it's constant uh, intrusive thoughts or, or other things that you're like, man, I just I, I have outbursts of anger. I blow up. Wow. Uh, my, my friend, you got company and, and you need help. You need, you need deliverance. And so, and the moment you stop justifying that, and the moment you start saying, well, everybody's doing it, it's a culture, uh, it's, it runs in my family, well, it ran into you. It has to stop. Ooh, come on. So, 
feel that, hey, I'm not, I'm not free. Something is not right. I'm not free from this. And the only thing that I should be addicted to is the presence of Jesus. And this is another thing, Isaiah, that I started to see. As I examined my own life, I started to see that caffeine is not the only thing that I was addicted to. Because demons always come in groups. Wow. Always one demon comes in and they open doors for their cousins. They always have a domino effect. Demons always have a domino effect. They, they always come in groups. That's why Jesus cast out demons. And the demons would say that, let us or don't cast us. Never said me, us, because there was groups. And so when the person begins to allow an, an area to a demonic influence in one area, there will always be a second one. And there will always be a third one. And it's always easier to give access to the enemy, to the second cousin and the third cousin of that, that devil that we allow into our life than to give it to the first one. And so we have to examine our heart. I really believe the time is coming. If you lost your joy, if you lost your peace, if you lost your intimacy with God, you know when that woman lost that coin, the Bible says she took a broom and a lamp. Come on. And that's why we need to do things. We need to remove the darkness and we need to remove the dirt. We need to repent and we need to renounce. We need to have deliverance and we need to have consecration to God. We need to take the spiritual broom, which is the word of God, and we need to start honestly wiping out that dust, wiping out those, those devils and those demons and those things that even if it's not inside of you, but it's somewhere leached on, inside, on the outside of you it's like a chain that's connected to you you have to be free jesus died for you to walk in freedom holy spirit lives inside of you not so you you will be half dead christian barely breathing he lives inside of you to give you life he lives inside of you to empower you and so and you cannot do that if you keep justifying and putting under the carpet blaming other people and saying well that's just normal you're domesticated domesticating those demons and until you stop domesticating and you become desperate and you begin to fast and you begin to pray and you begin to press into god God will deliver you. And uh, I'm a witness to that too. So good. Wow. And this is what I love, Pastor Vlad. And I want to say this, guys. The reason why God uses people like this that are humble is you're willing to say, number one, else bold of that guy to tell you that because I know how you guys are with coffee and caffeine. I'm the same way. But for him to say that and you to say, you know what, Lord, search my heart. I'm not above. Guys, wow. he's writing books on deliverance, yet he's saying, I'm not above deliverance. I said it a couple of times in my live stream, like, look, if I need deliverance, I'll be the first one to sign up. I'll do it on live stream, put me on stage. I mean, I have no pride to salvage because I'd rather have freedom than have pride. Yeah. I'd rather have freedom Come than on. have dignity. And so I'm constantly praying, Lord, search my heart. If there's anything in you that offends you, anything in me that is controlling me, I'm ready to get rid of it and to get free from it. And so I know a lot of people in the chat right now are manifesting. That was a prophetic word to people. I want to go through just a couple before we move on. I know this is a, a longer question, but it's okay. Some symptoms of demonic attack. As Pastor Vlad said, I really believe that you know the devil dominates one thing you have to realize in scripture is god never dominates and god never forces when the bible talks about in ephesians 6 the world dominators that's literally the greek translation it talks about how demons dominate people they force people and so a lot of people yeah. want to know how do i know if i have a demon well is there a compulsive desire almost like you're being forced to think about something or to do something i shared last time how i almost killed myself but it was a compulsion it was a desire something taking over my body forcing me to do something that's obviously demonic or another way you have you know if you have a demon is thoughts that superimpose themselves over you so thoughts i always tell people did you create that thought no okay then the god wouldn't create that thought so it must have been a demon that created the thought but here's what i want to do 
I want to go through a bunch of symptoms. I'm going to read through these fast. I probably won't read all of them. You don't need to take notes on them, but let me just read. These are in order of most common to least common of symptoms for having a demon, okay? So we're just going to read them fast. A compulsive desire to blaspheme God, a revulsion against the Bible, including a desire to tear the Bible up, compulsive thoughts of suicide or murder, deep feelings of bitterness and hatred towards other people for no reason, like churches, other races, or Christian leaders, a compulsive, compulsive temptations, that force themselves into your thoughts or your behavior that you don't want compulsive desires to tear other people down even if it means lying about them terrifying feelings of guilt even though you've made honest confessions to the Lord certain physical symptoms that might appear suddenly or leave suddenly we talked about that Vlad you know pains in the stomach pains in your body um, deep depression or disconnection sudden urges of violent rage uncontrollable anger seizures panic attacks fear that terrifies you dreams or nightmares that are constantly horrific in nature and are reoccurring abnormal or perverted sexual desires we don't need to tell you I'm sure you know what that is questions that challenge God's word so people that are constantly questioning like they always have questions of God's word and they're always trying to challenge sleep or eating disorders with no physical cause compulsions and obsessions rebellion and hatred towards authority bizarre terrifying thoughts that come out of nowhere and cannot be controlled fascinations with the occult involvement in criminal activity extremely low self-image constant confusion when you think inability to believe in anything mocking and blaspheming thoughts towards the preaching of the word of god um distorted perceptions horrible nightmares that cause fear violent suicidal and homicidal thoughts hatred and bitterness towards other with n for no reason tremendous hostility or fear when encountering someone involved in deliverance work so you're constantly afraid mm. of deliverance work that's demonic when you're in when you're in that's a service that's and that's deliverance is one. happening and you're running out and you're afraid that is a demon that is demonic the devil wants you to be afraid of doing deliverance okay irrational yeah. Anger or rage, irrational guilt or self-condemnation that's extreme, sudden personality or attitude changes, severe contrast, mm -hmm. that's schizophrenia, that's bipolar, so on and so forth. Um, a strong aversion towards scripture and prayer, a dark countenance. Uh, I used, you know, Pastor Vlad, before I got delivered, I get radically saved, I get full of the Holy Ghost. I, my whole life, had dark black circles in my eyes. If you saw pictures of me, I literally had yeah. black around my yeah. eyes. I'm talking about physically. If you look at old pictures, I had black around my eyes. When I got delivered, I'll never forget running to the bathroom and seeing all the black circles gone so i literally had physical black circles wow. because i had the demon of shame when i got delivered wow. of the demon of shame and the blackness went away i said lord my eyes aren't black anymore the lord said yeah that black ring around your eye was a spirit of shame and it was affecting your physical body so demons could actually affect the physical okay so a dark countenance is one lying or exaggerating stealing compulsively i got a couple more and i'm gonna be done here irrational laughter or irrational crying irrational violence sudden speaking of an of an unknown language you previously didn't know like ethnic languages mm -hmm. which i've heard you've heard tribal and different things like yeah, that yeah. people speak um uncontrollable mocking tongue vulgar language and actions a loss of time so you lose track of time demonstration of mm -hmm. extraordinary abilities this is like telekinesis opening the door by waving your hand esp astro projecting different abilities you hear people say that that you know they signed a contract with the devil and all of a sudden they got super good at guitar overnight super good at keyboard overnight um mm -hmm. i had one girl who said she signed a contract with the demon and the demon said you'll never age and literally to this day she's in her mid-20s she's she looks like she's like 16 so this is stuff that's real guys so supernatural experiences like moving disappearing objects or other strange manifestations seizures that are extremely long without uh physical reason blackouts physical ailments like i just said epileptic seizures asthma attacks and various pains
pains. And then um, sudden temporary interference with bodily functions like buzzing in the ears is very common and inability to speak or, you know, severe migraines. So guys, these are not, I know I read a lot of symptoms and everyone now thinks they have a demon. Like everybody in the chat has a demon now, but I'm saying these are all exaggerated. You got to remember the devil always overplays yeah. his hand. So we're talking about exaggerated yeah. rage, exaggerated anger, exaggerated perverted thoughts. These are all mm -hmm. symptoms of having a demon. Okay, let's go to the next question. I know at this rate, we're never going to get through these because I talked too long, but here we go. The next question well, is good. what that's are good, a few major open doors that demons come through? Just a couple major ones. Well, I mean, uh, definitely the, they come a lot of times through the bloodline. A lot of times it's, they've been passed on from one generation to another. And some people are born um, with them, especially if their ancestors practice witchcraft mm. or their parents committed them to a demon or if their parents took them to a native doctor or a witch doctor, a healer who helped them to get healed. And a lot of times that's how a demon will enter, even if that child did nothing. Another way is the is the abuse, especially if the child yes. was abused. And I know this is not fair. Like oh, I, I was traumatized and now, you know, I got a demon on the top of that. But the devil doesn't play fair. Come on. And so he, he doesn't play fair. And so but abuse is typically one of the in the United States. I really believe in the Western countries, the predominant open door I agree. for a demonic oppression in people's lives is abuse. The moment you step out of the Western countries, the predominant open door is a cult. And so um, another way, of course, is uh, is abortion. The moment you commit abortion, you, you 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 murder pretty much. And almost every person who commits abortion, they will have consequences. And those are, are demons that are attacking their life. And so um, and the Bible also um, teaches us about the unforgiveness, how it opens a door for torturers. And so and a lot of times unforgiveness is just the result of what we've been through. Because betrayal is what people do to us. Bitterness is what happens inside of us. And that opens door uh, to the demonic. And uh, sexual sin is a huge one. You know, a condom can protect you from a sexual disease, but it cannot protect you from a sexual demon. Uh, there is no condom in the world that can protect you from a sexual demon. And people get demons through sex. The Bible says we become one yep. with the Lord and he who becomes one with the harlot is one spirit with her. And so I've prayed for people who had demons because they slept with somebody. So one of the main benefits and one of many benefits of living pure life is you will be demon free. And so those are just kind of uh, main uh, open doors. But it's pretty much uh, willful sin, uh, abuse um, through generational curses um, and through um, witchcraft. That's so good. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking about doing, we did a deliverance on a youth pastor's wife uh, last year. And one of the spirits specifically was incredibly strong. You know, the Bible does talk about there's different types of spirits. Some are stronger than others. Uh -huh. And I asked the demon, you know, wouldn't leave. We couldn't figure out it's legal, right? And I said, well, where did you come from? And it said, when she was eight years old, her mom punched her in the face. That was the first time her mom ever physically abused her. And the demon said, uh -huh. the moment the mom punched her in the face, the demon came in that moment uh -huh. of abuse. And so uh -huh. I love what you said, because uh -huh. I think the number one re way in, uh -huh. in America is abuse. Demons yeah. often come not by what you do, but what by what's been done to you. And as yeah. you said, you know, the yeah. word fair is doesn't exist in the devil's vocabulary. The devil doesn't care about our intentions. People say, well, I had mm -hmm. good intentions like celebrating Halloween and the devil could care less about your intentions. So I think what you said mm -hmm. is so right on. Abuse is a major one. And and, and, and one and another thing that and I did not mention this one is when you bring demonic objects into your, yes. into your house or into your life, you can get a demon from it. I pray for people who... Uh, they got delivered. Everything is fine. The moment they step back, step back home, everything starts again. And I was like, man, what is this? And so, I mean, we prayed. And then I went to their house to pray for deliverance again. 
And then um, the Holy Spirit really just kind of, uh, you know, warned me. He says, don't pray for deliverance. Just walk around the house. There was nothing in the house except, you know, some objects. The moment we threw away the object, literally without even prayer, uh, the demon wow. was gone because he was connected to those objects. Uh, some people have demons because of the places that they are in. Uh, demons, you know, demons can inhabit places, yep. people, animals, and objects. And mm -hmm. so is God. You know, God can inhabit places. We know Ark of the Covenant. We know a mountain. He inhabited. Physical presence of God came in. We know that God can inhabit people. There are people that he fills with his glory so much that their shadow heals the sick. Satan can inhabit people as well to that degree where their presence can actually change the atmosphere because they're so much deeper in the demonic than the believer is in the superior kingdom. Wow. But it's not about who's superior here. It's about who's deeper in, in what wow. they're in. And that's why a believer can come under the influence of that person because a believer is not under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so they can come under the influence of some witch doctor or some kind of a person operating in the witchcraft. And then there's objects. You know, uh, anointing oil is, is a prime example of being used uh, handkerchiefs, water. Jesus, you know, had uh, people go in and wash their face and they uh, they could see the pool of Bethesda. And so there are places where, uh, places and objects, and I just want to highlight that, there are yeah. places where people commit suicide, for example. Yep. And, you know, people move into those places and out of nowhere, you know, they, they got divorced. Out of nowhere, their child dies. And they're like, man, wow. what's happening to us? And so, like with me, I'm a big believer on every place that I step in, I claim for the kingdom of Come God. On. Every place that I step in, I pray for it and I dedicate it and I cancel any assignment the enemy has over that place. And so um, any contracts that have been made, I, I tell devil, I'm paying the bill. So get get out of here because there's a new sheriff in town and that's me. And so you got to go. Uh, and same thing with objects. I'm not saying to begin to look under every single, you know, T-shirt that you bought, who made it, where and all the stuff. But come on, if it has a skeleton or a spider or a dragon, you don't need the spirit of discernment wow. to know that this is not from God. Okay, and stuff. So, or, oh, this is going to help you to get married. This is going to help you to get rich or like some kind of a charm, an Indian reservation, or you go to, especially mission trips. Yep. Um, yeah. Like that stuff, Say or it. like, for example, Harry Potter books or like things on white magic, black magic. Like those things are demonic. They got demons attached to them. I don't care what, I know it's very accepted in our society and everything. Same thing with celebrating Halloween and stuff. Every person who was delivered from Satanism and came to church or witchcraft tells you, that Halloween is not just a holiday. It. It's their Christmas and Easter put together. Mm. And so Christians who are walking around so open-minded, their brains are falling out about all of this. And they're like, man, this is just nothing. And then, you know, we wonder why all of this stuff is happening in our life. And so those things can become a gateway to the demonic, as well as tattoos, and uh, as well as practicing yoga, as, as well as bringing a dream catcher into your life. And so objects and places uh, are huge in opening our life to the influence of the demonic. So I think two major, I love everything you're saying. I 100% agree. I think two major ones that um, in America, you know, you talk about in other countries, people, they have witch doctors and all that. But here, oftentimes, we don't see witch doctors, so we don't believe in the supernatural because we're not as open to it not realizing you know celebrities and musicians are modern day witch doctors movie producers are witch doctors it just yeah. it's a different form but i think two major open doors how demons are getting into homes is through movies and music guys you have to understand movies are what you watch your eyes being the window to your soul and demons work in the yeah. realm of the soul and ears are also gates into your into your soul into your spirit and yeah. so the devil being the worship leader of heaven or the one that led the music uh -huh. all scholars unanimously uh -huh. pretty much agree on that that he was a musician uh -huh. in heaven and led some type of worship what do you think the devil's going to use as a vehicle here on the earth music is i'm telling you listen 
I cannot stand Pastor Vlad when Christian Radio, and I won't even call it the station because it's a, it's a national station, but it's so dumb. They say, we're going to do 20 days and 30 days of no uh, only Christian music. And I go, wait, why are you only doing 30 days of no, of no worldly music? I want to live my whole cool. life. Like, I refuse to listen to any music that is not godly Christian music. And there's, listen, there's 870 of you watching. Let's share and get to 1,000. Out of 870 of you, if there's any of you in here, which there's tons of you that are listening to worldly, ungodly, demonic music, music inspired by the kingdom of darkness, there's only two kingdoms. Okay, we don't have time to get into that. You are opening up a, I'm going to say it louder. You are opening up a spiritual door to demons. Music is a vehicle which demons come through. Movies are also a vehicle in which demons come through. I did a deliverance one time on a lady, and I'm not lying to you. Some of you have heard this story. She was on staff at the church I was at, and she was speaking out all the characters from The Wizard of Oz, literally speaking out all the different characters. So she'd sound like the whatever it was, Cowardly Lion, and she'd sound like the Tin Man. The, her voice was turning into the characters. And so I asked the spirit, what is your name? And it said, Wizard of Oz. And it kept saying, Wizard of Oz. Okay, so we cast the spirit out of her after her mm-hmm. team and her said, her whole house is decorated Wizard of Oz. And she said that, Jeez. and the demon told me that the way it came into her is when she was young, she was afraid because they had a bad storm. And she said she was in, the, she said she'll never forget this, but the demon told me this before she told me this. She was rocking in the corner of her room saying there's no place like home, which is obviously from the Wizard of Oz. She kept saying it over and over again. And that's the moment the demon came into her when she started relying on that movie, which is about a wizard, by the way, and wasn't relying on the Holy Spirit. Well, now she wow. grows up and this is what her team told me. Her whole house is decorated in the Wizard of Oz. Now, many of you listening are like, well, that's an innocent movie. We grew up watching that. People watch it in the church. But guys, you don't have, you don't understand movies or many movies, especially when it comes to like the new Disney movies and a lot of Disney movies and a lot of witchcraft, magic, princesses. I'm telling you, my kids have iPads and Netflix. All these new shows have witches, magic, warlocks, and they're little kids movies. And you already know, I'm not even trying to convince you. You guys already know this is true. These are open doors, open portals, and you need to begin to shut every portal and say, I'm not allowing witchcraft into my house. I'm not allowing Jezebel into my house. I'm not allowing these spirits into my house because those demons do come through those horror movies. I know, I know believers, Pastor Vlad, that watch horror movies. Uh There's no better way to get a demon. You might as well just go buy a Ouija board. There's no better way to get a demon than watching horror movies. Mm -hmm. And I know this because horror movies used to be my favorite genre of movies. And I'm telling you, they are demonic. And so I believe tonight, Wow. If you have any worldly music, I'm just letting you know you're putting out cookies for the devil. If you have any worldly music, you're putting out cookies mm-hmm. for the devil to come eat. So yeah. just know those are major open doors, along with obviously like Ouija board and these type of things. But those are major open doors. Okay, uh, someone's been asking this, but we have this, and I also got this from your book. Can demon? Just talk quickly about can demons enter animals? Um, we see that in the Bible when they entered pigs. And um, there's different examples when demons enter animals. And same thing as, uh, you know, the Lord used a donkey to speak to a prophet. And Jesus sat on a donkey that was never written before. We, we, we kind of skipped that over. And we're like, oh, it's not a big deal. That's like driving a new car. You would never want to ride a horse that nobody ever broke yet. Mm. You know, it's, it's very dangerous. So the fact that Jesus sat on the donkey and it didn't trip him or flip him or, or did some crazy tricks. It's already supernatural. So, so animals can respond to the demonic kingdom and they can be possessed. And so, um, so yeah, of course, I, I have not never done deliverance on an animal. <laughs> I feel like my dog is half, half of the time is demon possessed. There but. you go. <laughs> yes. Okay. So here we go. Why do people manifest during deliverance? Well, uh, they manifest because when the Holy Spirit 
Holy Spirit fills people. The glory of God, you know, comes. Usually you can see a physical reaction. People cry. People's face change. Moses' face was shining. Uh, mm -hmm. People experience uh, physically. We experience the power of God. And same thing happens with demonic manifestations. A lot of times when the anointing of the Holy Spirit comes, we see that, first of all, in Jesus' ministry. Jesus comes in and the anointing of the Holy Spirit was there. And a person who had a demon, the Bible says, started to scream out. And they started to, you know, make a very unnatural to people around them noises and everything. And so a lot of times normal or common manifestations are, you know, a person acting like a snake or begins to crawl or begins to mimic wild animal noises or, um, you know, their, their hands are shaking or there's a sharp pain in their body. Uh, we've seen people, you know, their eyes are beginning to roll. They begin to speak, like you mentioned, in um, actually unknown demonic tongue. You know, we, we had it about three weeks ago where two demons were actually fighting each other in the sanctuary. Wow. One demon is manifesting and uh, says, shut up! <laughs> you know, it's my time right now and stuff. So and uh, so, so, so there's, there's these manifestations that happen. And why does it happen? Because the Holy Spirit power uh, is causing the demons to surface. Mm. Demons don't like to manifest. Contrary to popular opinion, demons want to stay hidden. Remember, devil is a thief. A thief is only successful if he's anonymous. Say thief it. is only successful if he is secretive. And so the fact that demons manifest, that's already very, very bad for them. They're already lost. They, it's already against their plan and against their tactic. And so it's good when demons manifest. It's bad when they don't manifest. And they don't manifest not because they don't exist. It's because sometimes there is a, a lack of the anointing of Say the it. Holy Spirit Say in it. the building that causes them to be exposed. You know, a, a, a fly cannot sit on a hot stove. And so, but when there's a warm stove, then of course it's going to sit on it. And so that's why I believe manifestations happen. And we should not be afraid. People who walk around are like, well, I want to be involved in ministry of deliverance. I just don't want the manifestations. That's like saying, hey, you know, I want uh, a baby to be born, but I just don't want my wife to cry, a baby to Say cry, it. and I don't want the blood and all the mess. You know, you can't have that kind of stuff. If you want an orderly church, you need to have a funeral church. Because in a funeral, the, a person is dead. They're, they're very orderly. They're dressed nice. They smell good. Preach. They don't do anything wrong. Everything is very orderly and very quiet and very good. But there is no life there. Anytime you will have life, there is going to be a mess. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. Not weird, but wild. The Holy Spirit is not a little... A little uh, very gentle dove. He's a wild goose. When he comes in, like anytime you will feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you, you watch Isaiah's uh, teachings or you watch our services, you will see there's nothing about Holy Spirit that is just like calm Say and nothing. It. It's, it's wildness. But wild doesn't have to be weird, okay? So we're not for weird. We're for wild. And so, and that causes people who have demons to begin to manifest. That's so good. And I think people say, you know, you preach all this stuff on deliverance, all this stuff, but at my church, we don't ever see deliverances. Well, maybe your church is dead. Maybe the presence of God is not in your church. Maybe you're making demons comfortable. Demons manifest when they get uncomfortable. That's, that's why they manifest. Mm -hmm. And worship makes them uncomfortable. Radical preaching makes demons uncomfortable. Demons love when we preach an easy, watered-down gospel. Demons are not yeah. going to manifest when you're telling people, oh, you know, you're living your best life and God is good and you don't have to do anything and you can just show up and give your 10%. When you start preaching price, sacrifice, mm -hmm. consecration, yeah. prayer, holiness, cool. revival, demons start getting uncomfortable another yeah. one thing that makes and, them and we don't seek and we don't seek Isaiah, and we don't seek manifestations 
we really, but we're not afraid of them. Come on. And that people who, you know, there are people who seek manifestations. We don't seek manifestations. We seek the anointing of the Come Holy on. We seek to honor the Holy Spirit. But the moment you begin to be afraid of manifestations, whether it's the manifestation of the Holy Spirit touching people, people falling or speaking in tongues or prophesying, or you're afraid of, oh, the kingdom of God. I don't want the kingdom of God to manifest and in confrontation with the demonic. We honestly, we will grieve the Holy Spirit yep. by limiting his activity. And then we will also hinder people from receiving freedom. You know, yeah, I don't like when people vomit in the service. I don't like when people throw up and, you know, they begin to scream out. But I'm going to tell you one thing. <laughs> if the service is quiet and dead, yep. one manifestation and everybody's on their feet. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The fear of God comes in the building. People are begin to pray. Sinners begin to repent. And that's what, when the anointing shows up, things will change. Things will happen. Demons will react. It just, they, they will react. So good. And I think a, a big reason why they do manifest in our meetings is when you talk about them, they manifest. Pastor's always like, every time you come, demons start manifesting. It's like, well, yeah, you're talking about the kingdoms colliding. There's a collision that happens. Yeah. And we know so that so when good. a truck, a huge diesel truck crashes into a smart car, only one of those are going to are going to win and that's the kingdom of god is the diesel truck and the kingdom of darkness is a smart so car good. the kingdom of darkness never so wins good. when they collide unless you let it yeah. win but if you've let removed all legal right and you want to be free the kingdom of god wins yeah. every single time so, so, and so the so devil hates when we talk about is him. so key it's so key because what happens a lot of times people are like well you know why why is there deliverance happens well first of all we do have prayers well prayers of i call them prayers of conflict mm. where we do prayers of warfare well, we actually confront the demonic from the yep. stage yep. where we come against them. Oh, and they don't like that. As long as you don't touch them. A lot of people think like, well, I, I'm just going to be like Jesus. I'm going to come open the scripture about purity and the demons will start manifesting. Well, my friend, uh, the Bible says the kingdom of God since the days of John the Baptist is taken by violence and the violent men take it before us. The Bible says is the gates of hell will not prevail. Prevail, that means they will, the church will be advancing. Church yes. will be fighting. Church will be taking territory. And so I think that when people, when you begin to teach on deliverance, when you begin to uh, watch deliverance yourself as a pastor, as a minister, and then you begin to pray deliverance prayers. Like if you watch some of these older videos of Derek Prince, he teaches on deliverance for 40 minutes in his quiet, you know, British uh, accent. And then he just goes in and just reads quiet, firmly, but not even very loudly. And literally everywhere, demons manifesting left and right. I, I saw when John Hagee said, when John Hagee, he came to John Hagee's church and you know, John Hagee, you know, wasn't very kind of certain about this whole deliverance thing. And, and Derek Prince was doing a teaching. Everything was fine until he started praying. And John Hagee is like, literally, it was a mess. It was a war wow. zone. Everywhere demons manifesting. And he stood there like a general. Boom, 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 boom. You know, commanding that. So I really believe you have to start doing teaching on deliverance. And you have to confront the demonic in your uh, prayer time or your ministry time. And they, they will surface. They'll come out. So good. Okay, so our next question is, do I have to manifest in order to be delivered? Like, does there have to be a crazy like manifestation? Say, do I have to cry to be saved? It's do good. I have to fall to be healed? No. The, the deliverance comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from manifestation. Mm. In fact, sometimes deliverance will come from revelation. You will know something left you. You will sense it. You will perceive it. Like the Bible says, Jesus perceived power left him. And so you can perceive when something leaves you and without even manifesting. A lot of deliverances happen without manifestations. But it does, you know, it is good when that manifestation happens. If it doesn't happen, I don't think we should uh, look for it. That's good. Okay, when, um, why do you speak to demons during deliverance? So uh, there's five reasons that we do it. Number one is Jesus did it. That's and good. Uh, That's good he, enough for me right he, there, he huh? Did it, and so that, that gives me a green light and stuff. So um, 
The Bible, uh, some people say, well, he didn't do it every single time. Well, the Bible says if it will be written, every right. miracle that he did, there will be no books in this world that will fit. I'm pretty sure Jesus did it in a lot of cases. Um, if he mentions one case, it's enough for me. The second reason, if the demon obeys and responds to you uh, about its name, then he, the demon, acknowledges your authority as a follower of Christ. Mm. And so uh, we know sons of Sceva, they they, the demons did not acknowledge the authority. They pretty much jumped at them and tore them, tore them to pieces. And so one of the ways that the demon will respond to that is, is when you will ask a question. The third reason why I ask or interrogate, we don't ask demons, like it's not a conversation, okay? Because that's not, it's more of like you're screaming orders. It's like an interrogation room mm. where they're being interrogated. But the third reason is if you ask, if we ask the right questions, the demons will reveal other demons. Yes. A lot of times, you know, we cast out a minor demon. There's another guy hiding there. And so if you ask the right questions, demons will reveal other demons now there has to be a side of caution we don't rely on information from demons we rely on information from the holy spirit and uh and we apply the gift of discernment uh when the holy spirit gives us during deliverance and stuff so but a lot of times is the demons will reveal the nature the name and the number of them that are hiding another reason we interrogate a demon is because it will help the person who's receiving freedom to know which sins not to commit again and which doors to close. And when demonic plans are revealed, people are warned. You know, uh, Isaiah, if you remember, God told Gideon to go into the enemy's camp and listen what the enemy said about him. And, you know, like we all know that prayer is powerful. We all know that holiness is powerful and everything. But it's totally another thing when you hear the demons are scared of prayer, mm. how they hate when we fast. They uh, they hate when we apply the blood, you know, like it almost gives that like extra reassurance. Now, of yes. course, we don't need demons to know that, but it is uh, gives us that extra reassurance. Now, people sometimes say, well, you know, uh, demons are lying spirits. It's true. They are by nature. But if you look in the New Testament, there is not one time when a demon was answering a interrogated question from a follower of Christ. The demon lied. Mm. Not one time. In every single case, you see a demon was pretty much because he's faced with the truth, with the fire of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying demons don't lie. They do. They will take you on the bunny trail. The moment they see that you're interested in extracurricular information, or you begin to look for some, I heard people like, they go in and they ask demons, hey, where you were, what did you do? And they begin to pull in like some, hey, were, were you there? Did you possess Judas? How did you possess him? And they begin to go and start asking information that the Bible does not give us green light to do that. And stuff. All information or questions that we ask has to do with helping this person to be freed. And after that, we cast the demon out. And anytime a demon, like I heard from one pastor who is very well known around the world in deliverance, and he says, the more demon confesses his plans, the weaker he gets and easier it is to cast them out. Mm. That's good. And I think for us, a lot of times when we're, we always teach what you're saying is it's not conversation, it's confrontation. And when we're talking, we're getting intel and and download on what spirits are there, what kingdoms are there, or a a big major one is if a demon's not leaving, why is it not leaving? So I was just doing a deliverance last week and a specific demon was not leaving. And I asked it, why haven't you left? And it told me, so then I had the guy, Hey, renounce this, say this, tell it this or forgive this. And then the demon had to go after we found out why it was hanging on there. A lot of demons I've come Mm -hmm. in contact with so many demons that didn't even want to be there that literally told me I'm only here because no one's told me to leave. So oftentimes demons don't even want to be there in the person, but they're waiting for a believer to come and tell them to leave, especially low ranking demons, low ranking demons have an assignment and they somehow in the 
cosmic realm of it all get in trouble if their assignment gets broken and so it takes a believer going oh, in yeah. there and breaking their assignment because they're not legally allowed to break their own assignment once they've been assigned from the second yeah. heaven so i think a lot of times when we're talking we're getting strategy we're getting download you know one thing don dickerman yes. always taught that i use is i always tell demons if i'm going to ask them a question i say you must be honest before jehovah god or you'll or you'll be judged yeah. god will judge you there is a judgment yes. day coming yes. for demons if you guys didn't know go read revelation so and oftentimes yes. they'll you know and then guys at the end of the day you have to remember you have the holy spirit when i'm praying i'm asking the holy spirit is that the truth and i've had the holy spirit say yes. nope the demon's lying this is what it is so, so we good. have to rely more on the holy spirit less on the demons and like so i i pray i believe you know pastor Vlad, when i go into deliverances whether it's a scheduled deliverance or deliverance at the altar, which I believe are, you know, function a little bit different. I always pray and ask the Holy Spirit before I even have the demon manifest, the demon talk, the person tell me, I ask the Holy Spirit to give me a word of knowledge and tell me what demons are there. And most times the Holy Spirit will already reveal the spirits that are there and I can just begin to go in there and just cast them out. So we have to really rely on the Holy Spirit. I shared about this this last weekend is like, we have to realize the Holy Spirit's the one that disciples. He's the one that teaches us how to preach. He's the one that teaches us how to pray. He's the one that shows us how to do deliverance. So we need to rely less on demons, less so on teaching, and more on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to answer. There's somebody who left a comment right now saying that, hey, you know, I respect your ministry, but we should not give airtime to the devil uh, in the services by letting him interrupt the services. Mm, um, I'm yeah. not saying that every single time that a demon manifests that we stop the service. And a lot of, like, in, in our church setting, if that happens, um, a lot of times our team will begin to pray for that person. And we have to be led by the Holy Spirit. But what we are advocating is not to give devil an airtime uh, because when the deliverance happens, it does not glorify the devil. Jesus said it, it glorifies the kingdom Preach. of God. And so Jesus did not give Satan airtime by letting him manifest in front of him in the synagogue. He was actually the kingdom of God was coming unseen. The fear of God was coming on people. So for those people who are saying, well, you're giving devil credit when you cast them out i have no idea where you're getting your information from because he's not getting credit he's getting beaten in front of everybody again and again the fear of god is coming upon people the kingdom of god is manifesting he is not getting any credit demons do not want to have that kind of exposure and i want to also remind each one of you that if deliverance gives credit to demons then preaching gives credit to the preacher. Say it. Then singing gives credit to the worship leader. Then why don't we just completely take the worship team off of the stage, take the pastors off of the stage, and let God, the Spirit, come on the stage and minister for two hours himself so that none of us could take any glory for Say ourselves it. or be people won't be distracted. And so I just think we're so used to having a man occupy 40 minutes of our time using jokes, referring to his wife as a hot mama, and Go using ahead. all of this little cool cool communicative tricks that we have worship team that uses lights and you know all of the moving stuff and none of them are bad and we don't think that that somehow takes away the glory from God we think that that helps us to worship God and then when God actually shows up and people start getting healed and he disturbs our service and why does God disturbs our service because it's dead come on I think it was Rayhard Bonke one time uh, he was preaching in, in Africa and, and a guy got healed right in the middle of his sermon and interrupted the whole sermon. And Rahab Bonke couldn't finish the sermon. And he asked God, he said, God, why did you interrupt my sermon? And God's like, your sermon was so dead. I couldn't wait until you finished it. And you were dragging it. Come on. 
<laughs> yes. you know? And so and I'm not saying that every service is like that, but, but what, what I'm just saying is that please understand our motive is not to give credit to God. Our motive is to expose the works of darkness and our motive is to glorify Jesus and to set people free. And our motive is the fear of God will fall upon people. And we want to give God space in, this, in the church. We give space to everything else. And I want to say people that say that, I mean, it's apparent they haven't been in a room where deliverance is happening because I've never been in a deliverance where the person gets delivered and everyone goes, praise Satan. The demons came out. Everybody come on, come on, is worshiping. Everybody's praising. In fact, they didn't even accuse Jesus of being of the devil until he did deliverance. And Jesus' response was, how could a kingdom divided stand? The kingdom of darkness can't be divided if it doesn't stand. How could I so cast good, out so demons good. by Beelzebub? And so the, the number one thing that happens in deliverance is faith. This is what I found. This is not through theology. This is not through studying. This is not through reading books or trolling people on the internet. This is found through experience. Okay, we're preaching on experience and we're not subject to arguments when we have experience. What I found in experience is faith goes a thousand times through the roof is that the fear of the God, God shoots through the roof. Excitement shoots through the roof. Prayer shoots through the roof. Passion oh, yeah. shoots through the roof. We were just uh, at fresh start and there's a thousand people there and deliverances are happening all over the altar and pastors up there saying, everybody pray, you know, let him go. And everyone starts chanting, let him go. And people are just demon screaming, people getting delivered, the fire of God, the atmosphere is right. And God is moving upon his people. Now yeah. that's what happens when deliverance happens. It's a, it's a physical sign that a spiritual kingdom is being destroyed and so, so i've good. never so seen good. the devil get praised during deliverance i've never seen the so devil good. get glory during deliverance i've seen unbelievers atheists agnostics you know religious people be in awe and shocked and praise god once they see deliverance because they realize how real it is okay we can go all day on this let me go let me go um to this one can i experience self-deliverance I believe so. I believe that we can all experience self-deliverance the same way a person can experience salvation without somebody leading them into salvation. Good. Or a person can receive healing without somebody praying for them and uh, they not receive healing through somebody else. I mean, usually it will come through someone, but I think it was uh, Derek Prince that mentioned uh, these practical steps. I mean, they're pretty common. I didn't come up with them. That you have to, in order to experience self-deliverance, you have to recognize that you have a problem. Mm. Uh, half of your spiritual deliverance is recognizing you have a demon. That's half of the, if you already have that, you're halfway there, halfway there to be free. Because the problem with bondage is it's self-deceptive. Wow. The worst part about deliverance is the fact that you think you're free. In fact, when Jesus said to his disciples that abide in my truth and you will be my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free, their response was, we've never been in bondage to anyone. Now think of how ridiculous that sounds. In that point, they actually been to bondage uh, to Rome. They've been in bondage to Egypt. They've been in bondage to Babylon. I mean, the whole Bible is they've always been in bondage. Wow. And look, look what their thoughts are. We've never been in bondage because people who are in bondage are self-deceived. So when you recognize that you have a problem, you're halfway through your freedom already. And so the first step to self-deliverance is recognize. The second one is repent. Repent for open doors or legal rights that you've given to Satan. A lot of times the Lord will highlight it. You know, maybe it's your ancestors that opened those doors and you can repent on their behalf, not for their forgiveness, but for your deliverance so that that thing will be broken. You can repent for your sins, the things that you've committed in ignorance or with willful sins. And after that, you have to renounce. The scripture says to renounce the hidden things of shame. When you are renouncing, you're pretty much severing, uh, severing your contract and your covenant with the devil. And then when you renounce, you have to release, release any unforgiveness. A lot of times there are demons hiding behind bitterness and anger and all those things. You have to release that to the Lord. You have to release those people from the prison that you put them into. And then you got to rebuke. 
You got to confront the devil. You got to head on, tell the devil to let you go. You got, you can lose yourself because the spirit of God is lives inside of you. Mm. You can lose yourself and experience self-deliverance, even can manifest right there in your own room and experience that. And after you have rebuked the devil, you have to continue to resist the devil because a lot of times what the enemy does is he likes to play games with us. And three days later, he comes back in the form of symptoms or particular manifestations or different things. And people begin to embrace those things and say, well, I must not be free because the same things are happening to me still. And it's not always true. Just because Israel was delivered from Egypt, it did not mean that Pharaoh did not show up on their door three days later. In fact, he came back to put them back into Egypt. And what Israel did, they didn't go back to Egypt and say, well, God, deliver us again. We need another deliverance. No, they went forward and God drowned the enemy as they went forward. And so that's what you have to resist uh, after you have rebuked. And then the next one is that you have to replace. Whatever the place that the enemy has occupied has to be replaced with the light of God, with the truth of God. If this was, you know, some kind of an addiction, you don't, God is not interested in removing the devil, okay? He is interested in replacing the devil with himself. So if you were spending evenings with, like, watching pornography, God doesn't want you to spend evenings sleeping. He wants you to spend your evenings now watching sermons. If you spend $500 a week on drugs, God doesn't want you to save $500. Come on. God wants you to give those $500. And so the problem why many people don't maintain their deliverance and don't move from deliverance to dominion is because what they do is they want God to remove the problem so now they can live for themselves. My friend, I've been to jails where you can move from one room to another and you're still in the same jail. If God delivers you from a demon only so you can live for yourself, you're still oppressed by selfishness. And selfishness and pride is what made devil, devil. Come and on. so you're in more danger than when you will be possessed by the devil when you live for yourself. And so I really believe that God wants us to replace the things that he has removed in our life. And that's where Israel failed because God removed the Pharaoh, but God was never allowed to take the place of Pharaoh Say in their it. life. You know, they worshiped that monster. Excuse me. They didn't worship him. They served the monster, but they didn't want to love the master. They were terrified. They gave their life, their work, everything. He gave them nothing. And they still were loyal to him. And God came in there. They're like, man, if they served the devil so bad, if they served Pharaoh so bad, if they gave their life for Pharaoh, like, I'm going to treat him good. I'm going to give him manna. I'm going to give him miracles. I'm going to give him my presence. You know, I wonder how they're going to serve me. And you know what they did? They gave him a middle finger. Mm. That's all they did. They complained. They whined. They, They built a cow to worship. They had nothing to do with God. Why? Because they were more interested in getting pain out of their life instead of having God in their life. In reality, they used God to find freedom instead of using freedom to find God. So after you replace what God has removed, the last one, and I think the most important one, is you have to renew your mind. Wow. You have to renew your mind to the, new, to the who you are now as a new person in Christ. You have to renew your mind because deliverance, you know, comes by the anointing but the breaking of the stronghold comes by the truth of God and when people get delivered from a demon but the strongholds are not broken the demons have built when they live there strongholds are the house of thoughts it's the dominant pattern of thinking so next thing that happens is the person continues to live in slavery even though they're free 
because the mind is not renewed. That's so good. And I love what you said about strongholds and demons because people don't realize strongholds. I always tell people, think of it as a fortress, as a castle. The devil, uh, A yes. castle takes time to build. A fortress takes time to build. And through wrong yes. teaching, through demonic things and activities, the, de the demons are allowed to build strongholds in your mind. And so I, I've seen people that get delivered yes. and the strongholds are still there, but strongholds are torn down through prayer, through fasting, through the word of God. And a lot of times it takes time to dismantle strongholds. It takes time to bring down those thought patterns and that thinking and so mm -hmm. some people think well I got delivered but I still have the thought sometimes but they don't realize there's still a stronghold or like you just said a house a demon has built in your mind that God wants to tear down so that's very important to talk about I want to ask you this one why is deliverance not practiced in the church today what, like what do you think is the reason why we get hundreds of messages of people saying they don't do deliverance at my church um, I think that a lot of times what happens is that we have to understand, I, I like to uh, use this uh, Isaiah, that every church uh, has to have a, a four by four. Has, churches has to be four, I call them four by four strategy for supernatural manifestation. And the first one is there has to be a passionate prayer. Mm. When the church doesn't have a prayer, it, when the church is not a praying church, it's not going to be a powerful church. Say it. And so uh, in the spiritual realm, the church is not going to have an advantage in the, in the realm of the spirit. And so that's the first problem is that when there is no prayer, the only reason why Joshua was able to fight Amalekites and win is because Moses was on the top of the mountain, had his hands up. The only reason why uh, Daniel was able to prevail against the prince of Persia, which was a demonic entity over, uh, over the region, is because of his prayer and fasting. When we, when as a church, as a whole, not just one pastor, but as a church does not cultivate a lifestyle of prayer and fasting, we will not live and walk in advancing the kingdom. Now, we can advance our agenda. We can advance churchianity. We won't advance Christianity. We won't advance the kingdom. We will, we can even get bigger as a church. Well, Mormons, you know, have a crowd. Footballs have crowd. Wow. Well, it doesn't mean that it's revival. And so we can even have good technology. But I mean, Hollywood produces really good content. You know, uh, the the world artists produce really good music and stuff. So that doesn't mean revival. That doesn't mean anointing. That doesn't mean advancing of God's kingdom. And so without prayer, I really think that is the first and fundamental thing. Is because. There is lack of prayer. Churches have stopped praying. Pastors have stopped praying. Um, the, the, the prayer in the services have decreased. We have become a prayerless uh, churches. The second one is that it has to, be, has to do with a heart for evangelism. One of the quickest ways to see the manifestation of the demonic is among new believers. It's good. And a lot of churches no longer have new believers. What we have is we have church hoppers. We have people that are going from one church to another. You know, they're not spiritually fed in one church. So they're moving to another one. It's And it's this little, you know, diaper changing kind of a, mm. uh, a daycare that we build instead of an army. And so the moment we see new believers coming to Christ, there's always, always, because these people are fresh off the boat. And so there's, there's stuff still there. And many times they're also very open to the supernatural, way more than those cold, frozen, chosen people who kind of are stuck in the church, already lived all their life in the church. And so new believers is where we see a lot of manifestations. The third reason what I believe that the, the third wheel that the church has to operate in is, is that confrontation. The reason why we don't see uh, that is because we don't actually confront the demonic in our services. Wow. We don't confront, we want God to confront the demonic, but Jesus told us to trample upon the snakes. He didn't tell that he will do that. He gave us the authority. He didn't just say, hey, authority is mine. Hey, you guys just watch me kill, uh, destroy the king, kingdom of darkness. He says, now you have to do it. So when you don't confront, you know, of course, there's going to be no results. And the last one is that we don't teach about it. So good.
So good. I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think deliverance is messy. Deliverance is spiritual. Uh, we're lazy as a church, and I don't think we take the Bible seriously. I mean, those are those are some of the things that it, it takes an incredible amount of effort. It takes incredible amount of work. I've been in deliverances, and I'm not saying everyone's like this, but I dealt with one person that had almost 60 demons, and we went. it was the longest deliverance I've ever done, but it was six hours straight. And the thing was, I had to choose, cool. would I rather have my comfort or would I rather have her get set free? And a lot of pastors, okay. they don't want anything to interrupt their golfing during the week. They just want to show up, study on Saturday night, preach on Sunday morning, and then have the whole week off and then go back and do the same thing but not realizing that it's work you have to be spiritual this is a daily thing to be in the place of prayer be in the place of worship even the prayer meetings i've literally had pastors to my face say i'll never have revival because i'm not willing to have prayer meetings i'm not willing to give up one pastor literally told me said i'm not willing to have revival because i love monday night football too much and i'm not willing to give up monday night football i'm not willing to give up sports and i i you know there's a price to be paid when you start getting in prayer when you start getting in worship when people start calling you saying i want to get deliverance i want to come this this and god starts moving you look at the way jesus if you look at the way jesus left the church when he showed up in the beginning of his ministry and the end of his ministry jesus leaves the church there's tables flipped there's animals running around there's money everywhere and there's religious people running around mm -hmm. and he's chasing him with a whip so when Jesus shows up he makes a mess out of our little religious agendas and so I think one of the things people don't want is they don't want Jesus to mess up their nice cute sanitized church but if we're going to have mm -hmm. deliverance we're gonna have to let Jesus take the will and take over what he's doing in the church okay here we go um let me let me look a couple more I got I got way too many here but let's just do a couple more here if you're living a clean life is it possible that a demon after a while will leave on their own or do the, does it still need to be cast out? Uh, so this is a, I, I dedicated a whole chapter in the Break Free book. Uh, not, not a clean, first of all, you won't be able to live a clean life with a demon inside. Mm. <laughs> that's just, that's just uh, practical. But, but it, is it true that, that by growing in Christ, uh, certain things can be broken off of our life? I, I believe in that. For example, the Bible says that the perfect love casts out fear. The word perfect there is mature. So meaning as I mature in God's love, his love in me, it casts out. The word casts out there is the same word that Jesus used when he cast out demons. Mm. And so we see also in the Bible that God says, as you grow, you'll be able to possess more of your promised land. And so I, I had this whole chapter that said, as you grow. From the nature, Isaiah, when I was in the Ukraine, I grew up and I saw how chickens were uh, formed, uh, you know, a mama chicken would uh, put the eggs and then she would sit on them for 21 days. And then I would see how a little chick was inside of the egg already growing as the mama chicken was sit on it. And then about 21 days, you can already see the, the form of the little chick inside of the egg. And, you know, I always wondered why does the mama not help the baby by helping to crack the egg? Wow. She never cracked the egg. She let the chick inside get bigger than the egg. Wow. And then the size of the chick inside would crack the egg. And then the chick would come out on her own. Same thing applies to palm trees. If you know one thing about palm trees, and I, I, when I went to Florida, I asked them, and they confirmed it, is that if a palm tree is young and you put a chain around the palm tree to keep it growing straight, and you forget, even if it's a metal chain, and you forget to take the chain off when the tree gets bigger, all other trees, like apple trees, they will let the chains grow inside of the tree. And you will see even this, like, dent in the tree. Your mic just cut out. Pastor Vlad, your mic just cut out. 
something switch here can you hear me maybe check the discord the devil is a liar we're gonna get this worked out maybe the battery died on your microphone you may be able to just is a battery dead okay he's gonna grab a battery I'll, I'll keep going on what he was saying. I've dealt with people that are getting that ask that question. You know, many times we do deliverances. The demons, as I said before, literally tell us I don't want to be there. When we were doing deliverance on a specific pastor's wife, the demon kept saying, I don't want to be there. I don't want to be there. But it was waiting for somebody to cast it out. So oftentimes you can live a clean life, live holy. And as Pastor Vlad saying, you'll receive freedom or receive self-deliverance. But there's other times, I believe, where you actually need to cast that demon out specifically. And so there are oftentimes where you need to get that demon cast out regardless of living a clean life now although living a clean life the demons don't want to be there and i've come to find that when you're living a clean life the demons come out easier than if you're not but i've seen it check 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 can you hear me you're good yep did the battery die yeah okay we're back so you were talking about the chain Somebody. in the palm tree yeah so and then what, what, what happens is that when the palm tree would grow it will snap it will snap that chain and so i do believe that there are uh, situations in our life or certain things that as you continue to consecrate, as you continue to fast, as you continue to pray, that the, that the enemy's grip will be loosened and then um, and it will just he will just leave. But uh, for most of us, the starting point in our life will require a deliverance, will require somebody to come in and help us to pray and help us to kind of break break that bondage. But if you've been delivered already and you, you went home and, and you're noticing, hey, there's still something else going on there. I just want to encourage you, don't, don't, don't pursue more deliverance. N not don't pursue more deliverance. Don't, don't obsess with more deliverance. Uh, begin to exercise your authority. God uncuffed your hands. Punch, punch the devil back. Come on. You don't need to. You know, there's a, a scene from a, from a Narnia movie. And I cut that out and I have it on my computer to remind me once in a while when uh, the lion... Uh, Jesus, God, uh, you know, it was uh, the wolf's game. And instead of attacking them, he he let Peter use his sword so that he can exercise. And he did not kill those lions. They just stood and he did not kill those wolves. They just stood and watched as he would come and attack. And I really believe that sometimes that's God will allow certain things so that we can begin to uh, walk in authority and so that we begin to take, uh, take authority so we can repent. And so that we can like, for example, like what I mentioned about coffee, you know, like I nobody prayed for me. I'm not saying that I had a demon, but I was, it was definitely, it, it wasn't, it was something that I justified and it was, it needed to be broken over my life. And so, uh, but that sheer repentance and then, uh, you know, I took time to fast and then I took time to, honestly, I was breaking, uh, breaking chains and stuff. And so, because I know who I am in Christ, I know that that stuff doesn't belong to me. And, you know, and I see sometimes people addicted to football the same way. Come on. And looking at them, they're addicted to football, like, like it's Jesus Christ or something. It's an American idol. And uh, and idols are wrong. Idols are bad. I, idols have demons behind them, even if it's football, even if it's basketball and stuff. So I understand it's not popular. I understand it's not American. I understand it's not politically correct. But at the same time, we as Christians, we only bow and worship and have affection for only one. And that name is Jesus. Come it's on. not football. It's not basketball. And it's none of that stuff. So good. I love it. Um, here's a really good one. We got asked this probably like 40 times. So I just put it all together in one 
when you start a when you confront a demon what do you normally say how do you get someone to start manifesting like what's the first thing you do after obviously like the renouncing unforgiveness we always teach what's the first thing you should do to get the demon to start manifesting and for me when I'm starting a deliverance now there's difference between if it's at the altar and they're already manifesting this question is completely invalid but when we're doing like a deliverance session where somebody fills out the packet we always talk about and comes in for deliverance and we're specifically doing deliverance on a specific person that comes in and wants a you know extended deliverance I always find the couple chief demons I call them or the main issues and I just start by binding those things a couple things I say just practically is obviously I start binding those things I always say I know that you're there I call you out of darkness you're not allowed to hide in Jesus name this person and one thing for me this is just me personally what I do that really gets people to manifest or demons to start coming out or that kind of just kicks off the deliverance is when I start telling the demon this person's not your home they don't belong to you for well I know what reason I was gonna say for whatever reason but demons hate when you tell them that the person's not their home because remember demons move in and according to the Bible they think you're their home they live in you and you are their home demons crave a body so when you start telling demons or you start start the deliverance you start saying this person is not your home they don't belong to you they're a son of God they've been redeemed that for me is one of the main ways I start getting the person to manifest the demons start talking or doesn't mean they have to talk a lot of times I don't even want the demons to talk they just start talking but the demons will start coming out but I always start by binding I always choose like two or three major things I just say okay look we're gonna start there you know close your eyes put your hands out one thing I always do is I tell the person when I'm praying deliverance over you don't try to pray because it's like you're blocking the demon you're praying Holy Spirit up and the demons trying to come out and they're both warring with each other in your throat yeah. so I tell people don't try to pray don't cry out to God don't say Jesus 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 I just say put your uh-huh. hands out and we start yes, praying and then start calling that thing out and oftentimes the demon will immediately start talking they'll start they'll start vomiting they'll start coughing mm-hmm. and I want to say this because this was another question it's not that they have to throw up it's that the demon oftentimes not always comes out of the mouth and it's just your gag reflex yeah. it's a normal reflex it's not that the throw uh-huh. up makes the demon come out it's just that's the reflex your body takes when a demon starts coming out of you mm-hmm. but that's for me the way I kick off a deliverance is I just start binding that specific spirit and I start without spirit and then I move on to the next one you know sometimes all of them go together sometimes mm-hmm. one it's you know as we teach no deliverance is the same but I always start by binding that yeah. specific spirit uh-huh. um, yes it's a similar uh, similar approach I would invite I would start out usually by praying for them and praying, uh, inviting the fire of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit to come. And so I would even, you know, would shout the word fire. Um, and another, um, and this this is also just my practice, and I've seen this, I guess, more in Africa, so it's not super welcomed in America. Um, if it's a guy, I would um, I would hit him in the chest. Mm. They really, oh my God! If it's if it's a demon, something just snaps right away. Wow! It's, I mean, not like violently, just but like I would, tap him. Uh, yeah, just like not just gently touch, but I would, would hit it because I'm not hitting the person. I'm especially if I know there is a demon there. I'm pretty much what I'm doing is I'm provo- I'm provoking a demon mm. and stuff. And so uh, and uh, and so and a lot of times it, it will come out. And or uh, one of my prayers is that anywhere where there is darkness, let there be light. Anywhere where there is darkness, pretty much, you know, let it be exposed right now and come to the surface. And so, um, and then the Holy Spirit, you know, takes over from there. And then the moment a person begins to, you know, you kind of notice that person is already not, it's not them anymore. You know, I would just, you know, I, the, the another thing that people have to can, keep in mind is that you don't have to scream, but your voice has to have a sense of say authority. It, say it. Because, like, you have to understand, like, when the police pulls over a criminal, there is no gentleness in their voice. The tone of their voice reflects 
honestly, brutality. Yep. Like, like, and this is perceived brutality for us, but for them, this is authority. There's a sense of order. And that's exactly what, that's why Bible says not to ask demons out, but to cast them, meaning there's a sense of violence that has to exist in your voice. And so people who kind of like gently want to cast out demons, that stuff never works. You have to be uh, um, violent in in your voice. You have to be militant. Even if you're like softy and lovey-dovey and and all this stuff, when it comes to deliverance, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to make you into a warrior, not a wussy, not a whip, not a spineless kind of Christian. And you have to, it has to be reflected in the tone of your voice. Even if you don't feel it, you must understand this is an enemy. It's God's enemy. God hates him. Uh, this enemy is hurting people's lives and you have to hate what God hates and love what God loves. And so, and, and I mean, Smith Wigglesworth would cast out demons sometimes and, and hit that person so hard they would fall. You know, and people would attack him and say, you know, he says, but I, I'm not hitting the person, I'm hitting a demon, mm. you know? And, and the normal person would say, man, that's just not a lie. That's not loving. But if you understand the spiritual world and you, you understand that the demon lives there and everything, I mean, you look at things a little bit different. Absolutely. I, I always say, you know, it's like when you tell your kids to go do something, I'll start off soft and then they don't listen and then I raise my voice. Raising your voice is a sign of yeah. authority and demons yeah. respond to authority. They respond to yelling and it's biblical. When Jesus raised Lazarus, the Bible said he shouted. And I, in fact, if you read your yeah. Bible, some people say, well, shouting and preaching isn't biblical. Go read the prophets when he said, shout this to Israel, shout this message. So literally God told the prophets yeah. to preach and shout when they preach because it was yeah. a sign of authority and a sign of seriousness. And so important i have a really good one i actually have never gotten before but it's actually relevant i know god has called me to do deliverance but i don't have a venue to do it in i think they're saying that the church doesn't let them do it there or they're not open and i would say this the best deliverances i've ever done are in homes i've i started out doing deliverances in in cars i remember times we'd have prayer meetings and the person would start manifesting and then we'd be in the car driving home or someone driving and they'd start manifesting we'd park on the side of the road and we'd do a deliverance i did many deliverances in cars when i first got saved so if you don't have a church you can go to you can use a living room you can use a bedroom you can use a car you can do deliverance anywhere don't let that stop you from doing deliverance it's not the place that matters as we know jesus said it's not the location it's the people in the location god is looking for worshipers and spirit facebook live stream Uh, go live stream there you go and so you can do it anywhere you can do it so i would just say if you don't have a venue or a church to do it in um if you want to add to that you can do it anywhere no, that's, that's good. You, you so one it. person said, is it normal to take long or should it be instant? For me personally, it depends on the person. I've dealt with people that have three demons. I've dealt with people that had 90 demons. I've dealt with people that were in high levels of witchcraft. I've dealt with people that have murdered people. I've dealt with people that were in hell's angels. I've dealt with people that were, you know, mm-hmm. n- into nothing. I always, I always find that depends on how ready the person is, depends on the, the level of demons or the strength of the demons. We know Jesus said this type mm-hmm. of demon only comes by prayer and fasting. So Jesus showed us some demons. Demons are, are higher levels than others. So the Bible also talks about demons being more wicked than other demons. When he says the yeah. demons go out of the house and find seven more wicked than themselves, we know that some demons are more wicked than others. So I would say the time uh-huh. is variable. What I will say is don't get discouraged if it's not instant. I I, I got to be careful what I say here, but I know some deliverance preachers say, you know, if it doesn't happen in 10 minutes, it's not the spirit or you're not led by the spirit. That's a lie. I've dealt with deliverances that take hours. Sometimes the person wasn't ready. Sometimes there was a lot of demons, high level demons, mm-hmm. whatever. So I would say, it could take anywhere from one minute to five hours or more just depending on the situation
situation, where the person's at, where you're at. There's so many variables. I have a video on my YouTube page, uh, almost, an, I think it was an hour and a half of dealing with stubborn demons. And I give a ton of reasons why some demons are stubborn, some demons don't come out. But I would just say, don't get frustrated if it doesn't happen instantaneously. Yeah, I mean, even Jesus, you know, when he was casting out the, the legion, the Bible says that he commanded them to go, but they didn't because mm -hmm. after that, he started to ask them questions, you know? So, uh, so it's, it's just, uh, it's sometimes, like you said, it's a defense on the situation and, uh, and we can't follow a formula. I think the pastors have to be careful about start creating uh, principles based on so their good. previous or their latest exorcism, you know, just because the last three or last five or last 10 happened. And another thing with evangelists who mainly travel and who uh, brag, I'm going to use that word, about how quick their deliverance was, was uh, pastors, local pastors, will really know if it was deliverance it, or if that person is still coming back. Like, I mean, we had, I'm not going to mention, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not going to mention names, but we've had a situation, you know, not very long ago where a person, you know, was mightily delivered the videos already on YouTube. Of the ministry that you know came in but the next day i had to meet with the with the family and you know the person is still manifesting it's still the same um you know they're still asking for deliverance so and i think a lot of times being a pastor it kind of really changed my perspective because yeah it, it could make a really cool video and an amazing story but the question is one of the things that isaiah we do is when a person gets delivered and or if they get delivered but they still feel like man i, I really still need some prayer and and um, or like, you know, hey, I still need some help, but I'm going to go home. And, you know, so what we do is whether they get delivered or they didn't fully get delivered. And there's some other components that they need to take care of. We actually write their names. We take their information and then we contact them. Like today, we, we contacted people from two weeks ago, mm. the experienced deliverers that went back home. And, uh, and so we give materials for them to like I give my book for free for them. Like, hey, go read it. Um, let me know. We're going to contact you in the, in the week. See how you're doing. Encourage you. because. You know, it's it's not. We're not just interested in a story. We're not just interested in a little a little video bite that could go viral on TikTok or some other place. We're interested in people to walk in freedom and to walk in victory, uh, even after the service. And it takes a little bit of time. So we, I thank God that I have a team. Uh, and so, but people who walk around and say, "Oh, it has to happen under five minutes. Otherwise, you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, and it's not from God." I, I'm not. I'm not digging that. I agree with you. And I think for me, I always distinguish like we call like deliverance sessions with altar deliverance. When we do altar deliverance, okay. I was doing that this weekend. I told people like one guy, for instance, probably had like six or seven demons, tell their name, come out of them visibly. But he was like, I feel like there's a bunch more. Well, when everything we had prayed uh -huh. for him for a while, but when everything was said and done, I got him in contact with someone from the church. I said, listen, presumption is not faith. So for us to look at somebody and say, oh bro, no, you've been fully delivered by faith, believe it and receive it. That's presumption. That's not faith. Faith is evidence. So I told him, I said, look, you got so some good. deliverance because it's possible to get some deliverance, not get fully delivered. And some people go through multiple yeah. sessions to get fully delivered. I said, look, you got some deliverance, yeah. but you probably need more deliverance. So when I'm doing altar ministry, so especially good. if I'm I going to that. a church, like if I come into your church and I start praying deliverance on somebody, I always tell them after or get in contact with them and say, look, you, you may have gotten fully delivered. I'm not saying you didn't but i'm telling you you probably uh -huh. will need an extended session or more deliverance because and you know bob larson does this when every deliverance he ever does on video on video he literally says you're going to need to come through probably for more deliverance this was only one or two demons mm -hmm. we just started you out in the process so it's it's okay 
to do deliverance and the person not get fully delivered for whatever reason and start them out in the process and say, hey, you need, but what you shouldn't do is say, oh no, no, you've been fully delivered. You're fine. You don't need any more deliverance. You're good after 10 minutes. That's presumption. That's not faith. And we don't presume things. We believe things. And so I always tell people at the altar. Now, when we're doing a, a deliverance session where we have two to three hours, I at the very end go through every demon we've written down that's come out and make sure nothing's there and continue to try to make sure nothing's there. But at the altar, because it's loud and because of the, the sake of time, we yeah. don't always have the ability to do that. So I always make sure people know you may not be fully delivered. I'm letting you know, because I know, like you said, tomorrow you're going to call pastor or whatever. And I'm letting you know, you probably need to go through some more deliverance, but at least we got you started out. Now, some people will get fully delivered. Praise the Lord at the altar. Every demon leaves. They don't need more deliverance, but a lot of times it does take time. I tell people, you cannot think that for 40 years, you've been inviting demons in your life. And in five minutes, they're all just going to leave. That's not, that's not only is that not scriptural, but it's not even logical or rational. Some of these things do take time. And so we have to be careful. And even if the demons leave, you know, the strongholds are not going to necessarily be gone. Demons come and they leave usually more quickly. The strongholds are built over time and they're broken down over time. So, and those are the things. The process, deliverance could happen quickly. The freedom is going to take a while. Mm, It's good. So good. Okay, with that being said, guys, we still have obviously so many more. We've been going for an hour and 40 minutes. I want to end it here. Obviously, wow. in the future, we'll come back. I know. I feel bad. I'm like, I, I, my live streams, I feel bad when I ask people to be on them. They're like, oh, are we going to do a three hour one or a one hour one? But I know, obviously, you didn't say, like, hey, I got to be done by this time. I really do value you're one of the busiest guys I've ever met. And I know you're constantly putting out content, constantly writing books. I don't know how you have even time to drink water, but I just want to say, I so appreciate you being here. I would love to end I stopped, the str- I stopped drinking coffee there so you I go and that time, and yeah. that's that's just like that's all god but what the way that i want to end and guys obviously you know that i'm gonna get on after i let him go i'm gonna get on here talk to you guys read out all the donations i want to encourage you guys tonight to give to sow i want to sow into his ministry so please 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 don't dine and dash don't leave yet because i want pastor vlad to pray a prayer of equipping what i really believe tonight god wants to do is i believe god wants to equip you guys in the spirit to engage in spiritual warfare to do what god's called you to do you've been called you've been anointed so we're just going to pray a prayer of stirring up the gifts just a prayer of courage of boldness and really that god would equip us to fight back i would say this guys get the book get the resources these are invaluable don't say oh i have the bible i don't need a book i'm telling you guys These are years and years of experience, of revelation, of download that are being put in these books. And these resources really are invaluable when it comes to the kingdom of God. And thank you to all of you that say, please, we can listen all night. I appreciate you guys. We love your guys' support. Um, We have families to get to, okay? So Pastor Vlad, if you would just lead us in a prayer of just equipping, that'd be awesome. Yes, let's let's just begin. Those of you who are commenting right now, uh, letting us know, we're gonna begin to pray with you right now. And so whatever you are tuning in from, if you can just take a moment and just honestly position yourself before God, position yourself to receive that impartation. Now, please understand, you don't need to have a gift to cast out demons. Mm, Casting on. out demons is not a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the assignment for every believer. Uh, it's not one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Discerning of the spirits, but not casting out demons, because that is an assignment that we have to destroy the works of darkness. Father, I thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you for the authority that you have given to us through his name. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your blood. And I thank you that angelic host is surrounding us, Lord. I pray for every son and every daughter of God that is watching right now this live stream, that will be re-watching, that is listening to this on the podcast. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that a fresh anointing is going to fall on them. 
I pray, Lord God, as they associate themselves with the ministries that move in deliverance, they will begin to see manifestation, manifestation of your kingdom through them, Lord. I pray even this week, Lord God, that they will begin to see an increase, God, of that grace upon their life, increase of that anointing upon their life, Lord. I pray for those right now, Lord God, that you have raised up, but they have not been going to deliver people. They have not been answering their call lord i pray that you will quicken that right now in the name of jesus christ i pray that you will quicken that right now in the mighty name of jesus lord i lift up those in prayer who are currently yes. maybe are seeking full deliverance and they're tired and they're hurting and they're suffering lord i pray right now god whether it's through fight back book whether it's through the the word of god whether it's lord god through what they heard today lord god there will be a seed of hope that will be planted in them to rise up to pick up the sword to put on the armor of god to give the devil a black eye, to step in, to trample upon scorpion snakes and, and to move and advance your kingdom. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that right now that you will train their hands for warfare and their fingers for battle. I pray, Lord God, that you will equip them, Lord God, that you will crown them, Lord God, that right now that you will strengthen God and stiffen their necks, stiffen their backs, stiffen their spirit, God, and they will become stronger, Lord God, and they will move forward, Father. We rebuke every spirit that torments your people right now. And together with Isaiah, we come against right now every yes. demon that yes. is tormenting people that are watching us right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, you foul, wicked, dirty, unclean spirit, we commend you right now in the name of Jesus to come out and to loose God's people in Jesus' name, to loose God's people in the name of Jesus Christ. You control them long enough. You cause them pain long enough. You've tormented long enough. And right now we command you to leave, to exit, and to come out in the name of Jesus. To come out in the name of Jesus Christ. Those spirits that are causing intrusive thoughts, those spirits that are causing depression, fear, those spirits that have built strongholds of anger and abuse, those spirits that have built strongholds of self-hatred, in the name of Jesus Christ, your time is expired. And right now we command you to leave in Jesus' mighty name. Leave in Jesus' mighty name. Be free in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Be delivered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is flushing out darkness right now. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is removing forces of darkness right now. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank Amen. you, Jesus. Guys, I'm telling you, now is the time to pick up the weapons. Pastor Vlad, I have a lot of people that follow the stream from Washington. I'm, at, I'm He didn't ask to do this. I'm asking you to do this. Would you please give us a little bit of info on the church? You know, what time you guys meet, how they could get involved with your church. And then I want to say you have a Raise to Deliver conference coming up. If I'm wrong, let me know. But if you can. In two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. Okay. So if you can plug that, talk about that, where else they can follow you, anything else you want to say to them, uh, that would be awesome. And then, guys, I want to say, please, guys, so, 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 the links are there to give. I'll pop up some more links here in a second. But if you could just tell us a little bit about the church and where they could find you at. Uh, yeah, so we have to thank you, Isaiah, for giving me the opportunity. Uh, so we have a church here in uh, Pasco, Washington, which is uh, about three and a half hours drive from Seattle, three and a half hour drive from Portland. And uh, we are reopened uh, uh, every Sunday, uh, nine o'clock, uh, 11 o'clock and six o'clock in the evening. And so uh, our revival services are in the evening. Our revival services are also in the morning. And so we've been reopened. And then also our church is open for prayer Monday through Friday, five in the morning and then nine in the evening, mm. every single week. Uh, no, uh, you know, that doesn't cancel, doesn't stop. So people are welcome to come and pray. Um, and then Race to Deliver Conference will happen in two weeks from now. So not this weekend, but next weekend. The bad part is that it's already um, full. 
but you can join a Zoom and the Sunday services are not full because we're not doing registration for Sunday services. Actually, David Diga Hernandez is going to be with us on Sunday night. Awesome. And so for the Holy Spirit, because we do deliverance Friday and Saturday, and then we focus on the filling of the Holy Spirit on Sunday. We teach on the renewing of the mind in the morning and then in the evening. We really pray for the impartation and for the filling of the Spirit of God. And so, uh, but all of my social media, the stuff, most of you guys have probably have seen it. And then uh, the books are, you see them behind me, they're kind of blurred out. The Fight Back, The Break Free, and The Single Ready to Mingle, The Fight. And all of those books, including honestly 30 pieces of content, are free, available on my website. Now, if you can afford it, of course, I would like you to buy one off of Amazon and leave a review. If you can't afford it, go download it uh, from my website. And it's copyright. It's a right to copy, meaning you can share it with other people. I had pastors ask me, can I repreach it? I was like, of course, no problem. And so uh, you go for it. And uh, I don't have, you know, God really moved on my heart. You know, as even this happened with this book, a little testimony. And for those people who are, you know, going to give right now, uh, you know, to the stream, I just want to encourage you with this. You know, Isaiah, what happened was that, I had a, an offer from a publisher mm. uh, from Destiny, uh, a uh, publisher that was given to me um, and with an advance for the book, for this book, for next year to be released. And um, I don't know, I didn't, feel, I didn't feel right about it. And for this main reason, because most people who need this, um, you know, a lot of them cannot afford it, especially yeah. in the poor countries. And And I just felt like, you know, I really want to be able to offer this for free. And with the publisher, I won't be able to do it and stuff. So so what I did is I I declined the the offer from the publisher and I self-published. And not only I self-published, but it was last Friday that I released it. On the first day, you know, part of me was like, hey, I want to sell the book first. And then, you know, offer it for free three months later. And then I was like, no, 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 no. I I don't want to I don't want to bring people who cannot afford it to the level like you're second class. You know, everybody matters. So um, I and I'm not just saying this. But I truly uh, want to use this to help people. And so uh, God has brought partners uh, to me and he's going to bring more. And I know the same thing that Isaiah, what you're doing is you're coming out pretty much every single night, you know, and you're preaching and you're prophesying, you're answering questions, you're uh, praying for the sake, you're, you're ministering to those people. Uh, not because you have nothing else to do, not because you don't have invites, not because mm-hmm. you don't have opportunities to minister someone else or because, you know, your your uh, little child that was just born doesn't need your attention. You're giving of your time because it's your calling and you're answering the call of God and God is answering the cry. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiasaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.